1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio.
0: We're the 20th pick in the 2015 NFL Draft. The Philadelphia Eagles select Nelson Aguilar, wide receiver,
2: USC.
1: Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com, fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.
0: This is episode 97 (laughs) of the BGN Radio podcast. Uh, Really exciting stuff. We're creeping up on 100. We're going to have to figure out something fun to do for 100 for everybody. But before we get into it, obviously, we're going to recap the draft, look at how this roster is constructed. But let's say hi to everyone in the room here. We've got our fearless leader, the editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com, Mr. Brandon Lee Gouten, BLG, how you doing, buddy? Doing all right. It's a lot of excitement there. I love it. Uh, and, of course, the man who is usually hosting these podcasts relegated to uh, to backup duty today, but he's still here, which is nice, Mr. John Barchard. John.
3: What's happening, man? Uh, yeah, it, it, I, want, I just want to say thank you to all the uh, people that listen to uh, BGN Radio Live as we did that last week. and. It was pretty crazy and awesome, and everybody that helped out, especially the guys that are uh, co-hosting tonight, which we'll get into a little bit, did a phenomenal job. We hope to do more of that.
0: Yeah, agreed. It's always fun to do stuff live. There's a whole different energy to it, so that's exciting stuff as well. I'm one of those guys who was there for the uh, the live <laughs> action from our Eagles, Mr. Matt Daring Matt. What's up, buddy?
2: Chip should be fired immediately. <laughs>
0: Then that's Twitter's Twitter cry. Where is that coming from, Matt?
2: Uh, Where is the hate coming from? So when Patrick and I actually there's a story here. When Patrick and I uh, went to the playoff game against the Saints, uh, and they kicked that field goal to end the game, guy behind us said in the thickest Philly accent he could really muster, "Chip should be fired immediately." (laughs) 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 Just just immediately after that game, and 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 I just you know just sort of rolled off my back. But you know, looking back on it, that was probably the biggest moment of the game because it was the first time I'd really heard that.
0: All right, and uh, and a final member of our crew for tonight, the newest member of the Bleeding Green Nation family. He will be your draft writer moving forward for BGN. It's exciting to have him. It's Ben. Don't call him Natan. Natan. What's up, Ben? How you doing, man? Welcome.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm good uh, right in the middle of um, finals week, uh, just trying to get through everything. So I'm pretty good right now.
0: Finals. Good times back yeah, in the day. Huh?
1: Yeah. I just had a freaking heart attack. In I, yeah. finals. That's all. I,
0: ju- I just felt really old for a second there, which is always fun.
1: <laughs> I'm, I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, guys, let, let's jump into it. Uh, let, let, I just want to generally just start off. The draft is over. Obviously, you no know, Mariota, or as, as Goodell would say, Marioto. That didn't happen. I believe Chip made an effort. I don't think we'll ever know how much of a real effort he made. He's certainly not going to tell us. But outside of the no Mariota thing, how does everyone feel? You know, BLG, I'll start with you. How do you feel about the class? If you had to give it a way, way, maybe three or two early grade, you know, how would you grade the class out?
4: Uh, I would say it's almost, uh, I I would say it's an easy answer. I would say it's a B plus. Uh, That's it. No. Uh, You know, it's a B plus uh, period.
0: End of story.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I came out of this draft feeling like, all right, you know, this is uh, they executed what they wanted to do, and in, in terms of not getting Mariota, kind of just staying where they were for the most part, and getting their guys. They they got a wide receiver they needed one of those. They Got a safety slash cornerback in Eric Rowe. They got him. Uh, you know, I, I felt like it was a pretty solid draft. I feel like the getting the third round pick from the Lions next year is key, especially because they're not going to have a second rounder. due due to the Bradford trade. So, overall, pretty good class. I think it's hard to be extremely disappointed with anything.
0: I like it. So, B-plus, locked in stone, easy answer, according to BLG. Johnny, how'd you feel, man?
3: I mean, I I, I think I'll just echo BLG there. I I would also agree with a a B of any type of nature. I think it's solid. I just think there's a lot of... There's a lot of things we don't know. I just want to say, though, like, uh, I I can't really add any more to BLG because that's pretty much how I feel. But nobody's talking about Jordan Hicks, and I don't know why. I don't know if that's because, like, people don't know who he is. People weren't really sure of why they took an inside linebacker. And, like, the, you know, no offense to Jimmy Kemsky who's great and all, but uh, I I don't understand the beating of the drum of, oh, you should have taken an offensive lineman, all this other stuff. I know people are kind of upset about that for – Whatever reason, some people are even upset about the, you know, the fourth round trade out to go get a, a third round pick for next year. And like, look, I don't know. Like, when, when in the in that whole time in that whole period, uh, I, it just kind of seems weird that you know, a long snapper and a punter kind of go off some board in the fifth round over some of those other guys. And and I don't know, Ke- Kelly gets killed over that. I, I get it. I think it's just because they really like their depth. They like Tobin. They like Barbre. They like you know bulk they like all those guys so i don't know if adding like an elite or semi-elite offensive lineman is really going to i mean like obviously it would help but i just think what they did with the secondary and what's all going to happen you know we expect to happen at the inside line linebacker position but they did a good job it's a lot of question marks but you know that's the whole point of the pre-draft we don't know what's going to happen with these guys but i don't think they made any mistakes
0: yeah i'm with you i I agree the hicks pick when it happened in the moment was a bit of a head scratcher you're looking at all these old linemen on the board and other more need positions but you know if he had taken someone in a need they would have criticized him for not taking someone higher on his board so it's kind of a no-win situation with the long snapper though bill belichick took him so it's obviously a genius move he does it again <laughs> Bill
1: he does, it, does yeah. it again just
0: like the Steelers. <laughs> can you imagine though if chip had taken a long snapper in the fifth round that outrage that outrage the, what about anybody would have been
2: killed like, you know, or somebody bad, you know, just been like, well, this is bad team. Stay bad. But Belichick, they're like, you know, what his roster so good that he needed to literally draft the fifth long snapper ever drafted. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: good. You know, I, I think he's just trolling people at this point. He's like, screw it. I'm going to take whoever the hell I want. You guys yeah, can't beat me. I wonder
2: what stupid shit people will say about me. Yeah. Says Belichick early Tuesday.
0: Well, Matt, since we're hearing your voice, tell us, what do you think of the glass?
2: I liked it. My instinct is to sort of defend Jordan Hicks. Uh, which I won't do. Other than to say, you can play. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Also, I think you can play pretty well. That's it. I'm done. Um, <laughs> I was pretty excited about. Uh, well, I was. I, a few things jumped out at me. They seemed like they were. Um, they're really emphasizing these these um, these cumulative athletic metrics. Like we looked at the. Um, I think people talked a lot about it with the with Brian Mahalik, but um, I think two or three of the UDFA's also were top three at their position um the uh running back whose name is Alanis Morissette I believe uh, <laughs> he, uh, he was the number two uh running back in this class Mahalik was number two um Joe Rossidi is P. the G. guy with the high school yeah yeah uh and then uh it's not Joe Rossidi something else Rossidi because I went to college with Joe Rossidi what's Travis. up Joe Travis Rossidi yeah uh, Travis Rossidi was also like number two or three. I mean, these guys are all guys who tested off the charts athletically for their position, and they're just sort of being like, well, "What the hell? Let's see how this happened." And I, you know, all right, I don't, I don't really want to get into this, but Seattle does this, um, and you can tell. Uh, there was a guy on Twitter who was going through, you know, predicting which which of the Spark teams are going to take who, and he was like, "I bet this is going to go," and I think he called two or three of the picks correctly, and then he was sort of, you know, crowing a little bit later about how, you know, we're taking all these Spark guys. All these Spark guys are coming to the Philly. They're coming to Seattle. Um, and you know, I, I so, certainly something that we haven't seen a ton of. Uh, what we haven't seen, uh, what we have seen of it though, it's worked pretty well. Uh, I'm pretty pleased. Also, I think uh, I watched a little Jacory Shepard, and I'm super pumped about that guy, which is not something I ever thought I'd say.
0: All right, now that we've all spoken, why don't we get to the one person who actually works the draft? Ben, <laughs> tell us, tell us your thoughts as the new lead draft writer at BGN.
1: Uh, I, I, you know, I'm diving into all the, the guys right now, and I'm a big fan of this draft class, I think our first two picks, Nelson Aguilar and Eric Rowe, are probably day one starters. I mean, Aguilar can probably take that other outside receiver spot from day one. I don't really see uh, anyone else pushing him for it, Uh, and Rowe could start at corner or safety. I I don't know where we are on that, because Chip said he's going to be playing corner, but then he drafted two more corners after he said that, so I don't know exactly where Rowe is going to be yet. But, I mean, he could start at either position. Um, That's just kind of the player he is. And then the Hicks pick was very interesting because, yeah, at the moment I had no idea why we took him. And I'm still a little unsure because of the the linebacker depth on the team. Um, But watching him and looking at all of his athletic stuff, it's – I mean, he's definitely a good player. Uh, Very, very athletic, very good coverage linebacker. So there's – uh, there's a lot to like with that pick other than just how the depth chart falls uh, you know, in the preseason. Uh, the two cornerback additions were I, I, in the later rounds I liked. I, I think Ja'Cory Shepard's going to be a very good player. Um, really, really, really tremendous ball skills. I mean, he used to be a wide receiver, and that really shows um, not the fastest, but he's able to compensate with his ability to track the ball in the air. Evans is a little less inspiring. I think he's just kind of like a solid corner, really um, just good depth, uh, physical, um, not very athletic, kind of stiff. But I it, I think what's important is that we had this whole issue with our secondary, I mean, really the past two years, and then just this influx of youth uh, and influx of physicality in, in, the, in the secondary and competition to the defensive backfield is just going to be huge for the group as a whole. And then, of course um, – Brian um, Mahalik, as as I've learned his last name is pronounced um, also I mean super 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 athletic a guy who's six six nine uh, 295 pounds and runs a four, eight forty. that's I mean that's gonna catch anyone's eye he, I mean from the from the limited tape that I saw I've seen he's he's very raw but he does some things that kind of make that kind of jump out at you. And I think, you know, coach Az probably wanted to get his hands on, on that kind of player, especially in the later round. So I, I really liked our draft. I think getting two, I mean, potentially getting two starters uh, from day one out of, out of any draft class is good. So I'll definitely give it a B plus.
0: All right. I myself, I'll give it a B again. These grades, obviously ridiculous because we've never seen these people <laughs> play in the NFL, but I think it was a solid class. I think that, like, like Ben just said, Aguilar and Rowe and Ro are both starters from day one, most likely. I, I think that's already better than last season. So yeah, it's a step in the right direction. And, and it seems like they got you know value, at, at other than Hicks, at need positions later in the draft. So no complaints on my end. I, mean, I just want to like, jump
3: in real quick. I'm sorry, but sure. I, 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 I thought of Randall Evans, and he was one of the guys that I really liked initially. Cause I was like, ooh, yeah, slot corner in-and-out guy and all that other stuff. Then you go back and rewatch his tape, and you realize he cannot tackle at all. Like he can't tackle. So that I, I actually think he's your your Ed Reynolds this year. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know a lot of people have said safety, but if you have a safety that can't tackle, you might as well draft a Landon Collins. Oh, uh, but uh, uh, I think that there's I think there's some potential there, but I think that's probably the waste of this draft class, and I I hope I'm wrong on that.
0: All right, before we uh, before we get into a little bit about how the roster is kind of shaping up with these draft picks and where there could be some potential position battles, things along those lines, what do you guys think of the NFC East? Do you think anyone stood out? BLG, where did the Giants, the Cowboys, the Redskins draft stand out to you for any reason, good or
4: bad? Uh, the Cowboys stood out <laughs> obviously because they uh, not only did they take uh, the guy the Eagles were apparently interested in, but ended up passing on Byron Jones number. 20, Whatever they picked at. And then. Seven, I believe. Yeah, and then they took, obviously, Randy Gregory in, in the second round. was kind of a big deal. Uh, so I guess, you know, that kind of stood out in that sense. I don't really know that they did too much after that. One thing, I guess, that I did find interesting with their draft is they did not draft a running back at all. Which, you Darren know. Darren
0: McFadden, maybe.
4: Yeah, hey, I mean, Yikes. That's, Yikes. that's pretty. pretty uh, surprising to me, I, you know I thought this is such a good running back class. I figured they 're going to get at least one even late. I feel like that 's a mistake to be that confident in your offensive line uh, to to say you know it doesn 't matter who we put back there because we, our offensive line is so good that it 's not going to matter You know I, I just I think back to the two thousand and thirteen Eagles who had a really healthy offensive line and a really good offensive line, just like the Cowboys had last year. Cowboys did not have a lot of injuries, and I think you know, maybe that hurts them if if they're starting to lose guys here, and then they don't draft anyone, and and you know they they bet on not getting one because they'd have the line, and then they don't have one, and I I think that could really hurt them.
0: Yeah, a bit of hubris there, maybe even you know thinking uh we don't we don't need a running back; we could stick anyone behind this line. Johnny, anyone s- kind of stand out to you among the NFCs besides Brennan Scherf, we all know you love Iowa. <laughs> well,
3: of course, uh, that was that was just. That was some, uh, I had a little bit of a crisis there at the at the beginning of the draft during PGN Radio Live, but I think, yeah, overall, I think Washington got better. I think that, I don't know, I, I'm still kind of back and forth with what the Giants did. I didn't like their first two picks. I kind of like what they did in the middle there. I, I, I think everybody, for the most part, it looks like they got better. I mean, I honestly think that Dallas had a great draft. I'm with Brandon. I have no idea why they didn't take a running back, but, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be, uh, I don't know, I think it's going to be a little tougher. I think it's going to be a little tougher in the NFC East, and I don't know if I'm just sipping all the Kool-Aid of all the, all the Mayox and, and all that good stuff, just saying, like, yeah, this is this is definitely uh, the way to get better. The only thing that is a positive, I think, is, as far as, like, the Dallas thing goes is, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, like, Joseph Randall, <laughs> the rest of that line ba- running back core that's behind him there, I don't know if that's kind of ego-talking as far as, like, our offensive line can, you know, make anybody uh, that type of guy, but... That could all fall uh, fall down, and then it, it goes back to the thing that got them there. It's just like the running running the football. If they can't run the football, Romo's going to get hit. Romo gets hit. it gets injured. Hello, Brandon Whedon. So, I mean, that, that, I, I think that's a big gamble that they're taking there. I see their defense getting a little better, uh, obviously, there too. But um, Landon Collins being in New York is awesome. That's, that's just going to be a treat for the next couple of years, I think, going through with the Eagles passing game and all that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Washington... Washington a good draft, but it's it's Washington, so I, I, I don't expect anything to pan out for them ever.
0: Matt, any thoughts on the NFC East?
3: Yeah, I
2: actually think that's a good point. Nothing ever works out for Washington. But um I think the Giants really sort of beefed it. Uh I do like Owama Bay, but uh Flowers and Collins, they do nothing for me. I'm with John. I can't wait to watch Matthews accidentally get get matched up on Collins and I mean just <laughs> just imagine that. Like just it's like me getting matched up on Matthews. It's gonna be <laughs> it's going to be really something. So, uh yeah, I think uh, I think the Giants sort of beefed it um Dallas, I don't know. Eh, who knows? But uh, the Giants they they really stuck out to me. I think that I just don't think either of those two first picks are
1: really going to pan out. And Ben, uh I think that Washington got a lot better through the draft. And something that really stood out to me about their their draft is just like the type of player that they were drafting. And uh, with Preston Smith and Brandon Scherf and Matt Jones and Ari Kwanjo, you see a bunch of really big physical type of players uh, at their given position. So it looks like, I mean, it looks like Washington is just trying to get more and more physical. uh, And they brought in some really really good players to do it with. So that kind of worries me. But like everyone else said, I mean, their head coach is Jay Gruden and their, their owner is Dan Snyder. So I'm not that worried about how good they're going to be going into the into next season. And then uh, Dallas as well, I think that their first two picks, with Byron Jones and Randy Gregory, I think those are two massive like up, upside picks for, for them because if um, either or both of them pan out, like that defense takes a massive step forward. Um, and with... The Giants, yeah, I think that um, Ola was a very good pick for them in the third round. I think he's. I think that defensive line is going to be very, very uh, intimidating, at least next year. But um, I didn't love the Landon Collins pick. I, I don't think that they really have the the personnel to kind of make Landon Collins work. Um, Trade it up for. Trade yeah. it up for. Uh, and then the Eric Flowers pick is hilarious. And like I said a couple days ago, Eric Flowers will ensure that Marcus Smith will eventually get a sack in his career. Um, so I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Let's not
0: get carried away here, okay? <laughs> so I, I'm with you. I, I kind of echo the same sentiments. I think Washington had the, the best draft of, of the other three teams. I'm not a big Byron Jones guy. I think he's a workout warrior. I mean, I – I've not been super impressed by what I've seen actually on the field from that guy. And the Gregory is just such a massive risk that could obviously go one way or the other. And not taking a running back is hubris. I think it's insane. I think it's silly. I agree about Eric Flowers. I actually like Landon Collins a little bit more than you guys do. I think that he can at least fill a role there, and I think he fills a need. But I think we're all kind of on the same page there. All right, let's go around the horn here. I'm going to ask a a few different questions to a few different people. BLG, I want to start with you. And look... We all went into this draft that it's happening, and I do think the Chip tried to make it happen, but Marcus Mariota is not an Eagle, and we all have to come to grips with that, but Mark Sanchez comes out today and says he's going to have a chance to compete for the starting job. Uh, How do you see this quarterback situation playing out, and are you okay going into the season with Sam Bradford? Obviously, we all are not okay with Mark Sanchez, but are you okay with a, a potentially healthy Sam Bradford quarterbacking the Eagles?
4: Sam Bradford, NFL MVP, comeback player oh, of the year. Oh no! <laughs> no no! <laughs> All right, now let's not, let's not go that far. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, here's how I feel about that. When I think when the Sam Bradford trade originally happened, I just I think this goes for not only me, but I think that just it was total shock. Like no one knew like like why this was happening. Like, it was hard to accept, and. And then in in the the coming days after that I was kind of like all right you know let me actually watch him uh, I saw the press conference I'm like all right smart guy you know speaks well and ever since then I feel like I've been warming up and I don't think that's just because like this is some kind of like Stockholm syndrome thing where I'm just like all right well you know <laughs> Sam Bradford I I genuinely think like when I watch him and and just having watched Nick Foles the past two years, to me it's night and day. Like, like people who say Sam Bradford sucks, I just I can't see that at all. Like when I when I've watched Nick Foles and how bad he was last year, and I watched Sam Bradford. I, and again, I'm watching the the video here, uh, which you should watch if you are listening to this and you haven't watched it. It's on YouTube. It's like the it's the uh, it's Every like a cut up.
3: Every 15-yard throw he's at. Yeah, Yeah. right, that
4: one. It's easy to find. Just go on YouTube and look that up. There are some very encouraging throws there. I mean, there's stuff that I did not see from Nick Foles. So that's how I feel. I feel like, you know, this guy is better than Nick Foles. I don't know how much better in the end, and obviously the health is a big concern, but I feel like there's more to work with here, more talent than Nick Foles. Because I didn't know what Nick Foles was actually good at. And, like, I didn't know what, like... I didn't think he had like any kind of actual, real kind of talent. I think Bradford has real talent. I just don't know if it can be harnessed. That'll that's, that'll be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, it, it's it's what we're gonna say. It's what we're gonna say into the season, all season. If he can stay healthy, it's just gonna be the mantra. It's gonna be the the phrase that you hear way too many times because that's really what it comes down to. It, you know, he clearly the kid has some talent, but the two ACLs back to back, it's scary. So. Uh, it's certainly going to be tenuous watching that guy run around a little bit. The first hit he takes, I think every Eagles fan is going to hold their breath. But, uh, John, uh, let's move on to another roster situation that has kind of gotten some publicity this week. Evan Mathis doesn't get a contract extension, As has been reported to be a little unhappy, wants to be traded. Chip Kelly comes out in his post-Day 3 press conference and says – We've tried to trade Evan. Evan's been on the block, and we have not had an offer for this guy. First of all, how do you see the situation playing out? And more importantly, what do you think of Chip taking a shot at Evan there?
3: I don't know what to make of that. Um, we had him on our first night of the the, the BG, day one draft on the BGN Radio Live there, and we talked to him. And I just, I we, I mean, we kept it pretty light with him, but he seemed, you know, for the most part, like. He's just whatever happens is whatever is going to happen. I think he's at the, you know, he's he's towards the end of his career here. He wants uh, a, an extended contract. He wants more money. I don't blame him for going to do it, uh, but it sounded like even if he sticks out here, he's he's still going to be, you know, the same old Evan Mathis and, um, you know, the the big uh, PFF wonder that everybody loves and enjoys and all that good stuff. So, I yeah, I don't know what to make of all this. I mean, I think it's still a... I think you're kind of poking the line here, because I, I, as much as I love Matt Tobin, and trust me, every Iowa guy does, but uh, I, you know, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a great situation, uh, especially if he's still here and he has the ability to do all the things that he does. Uh, I, I mean, if, to me, it still sounds like it's still coming from Evans' camp. Uh, we know that from last year, uh, because he went into Roseman's office and says, will uh, you know, let's demand a trade and all this other stuff." I don't know what to make of this. I think Evans making a statement too, just being like, "Hey, man." You know, uh, when my number's called, I'll, I'll be there and I'll work and all that other stuff. But for right now, I'm not going to go out there because and, and, I'm, I'm unhappy. So I, I, don't, I don't mind when any kind of player does that as long as, you know, it's, it ends or there's a solution or anything. It's a little bit worrisome. But I just want to say, too, uh, just going back to Bradford and all that, and, it, and it's a hot take and, and all that good stuff. But that kid stays healthy. This is an NFC championship game team, and I totally believe in his talent. I don't believe in his health. We'll
0: have to see how that plays out. Wow. That's scorching hot. I like it. (laughs) I'm with you on the math, this thing. Uh, You know, as far as I'm concerned, as long as he's out there playing and doing what he does, I'm fine with it. But uh, seeing Chip take that shot, that open shot, the whole situation just makes me a little nervous. But uh, another situation that makes me a little nervous, and I'm unsure of how it's going to go, Matt, Michael Kendricks. Chip said, we're not trading him. He's part of this team. Michael showed up believe either today or yesterday, he is now in Philly. I know he's here for the workouts. How do you see this playing out? They take Jordan Hicks in the third round. Could be depth for the future. Uh, you know, is it just that Kendricks plays his contract out and and, and leaves? Or, or do you think that they're still actively trying to move him?
2: I would assume that they're trying to move him. I don't, I don't know how he fits in here. I don't think he's as good as Kiko. Um, <clears throat> I don't see how he cracks his starting lineup right now. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a hot take. It's just sort of my opinion. Um, with
3: some, that's going to be. <laughs> What's that? I think with the Kiko thing, there's someone who like would would ring your neck for that. But i I honestly bring it on. That I got too, a strong so neck. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um. No. I don't, don't. ring my neck, please. Um. <laughs> see me out. Say hi. Don't ring my neck. Uh. I. don't say hi, right? Don't say hi. Um. I. I think I don't know how he cracks his starting lineup. Um. I would assume that they're they're out there looking. I don't know. It's easy to say someone's going to get hurt, but this is probably might be might be what we're looking at. I mean, okay, let's put it this way: Would you take a fourth that becomes a third, reasonably for him right now for next yes. year? Yes, I would have done yeah. that in draft. Yeah, yeah, yes. I I would too, and I would assume that somebody out there is going to is going to throw that. I mean, somebody threw that at Bryce Brown why wouldn't you throw it at Michael Kendricks? I think there's a couple of teams out there that, that have some obvious thing. If they have if they have some guy who they think could work out and then it looks like he isn't going to work out or somebody something happens to somebody somewhere, I would think that, you know, and Kendricks is, Kendricks is scheme-diverse. I would think that they would be looking for him. All 31 other teams would probably be looking for him uh, under the right circumstances. So, yeah, I definitely don't think he's going to be here. I don't think he cracks his starting lineup. and. Uh, I certainly don't think he's in the long-term plan. So I guess if you keep him, maybe he gets a nice contract and you get a sixth-round compensatory pick. Maybe, probably not. Uh, I wouldn't really roll the dice on that. I would think that Kendricks would be gone and they would start listening to offers uh, yesterday.
0: Yeah, Matt, I'm with you. I I think it's kind of an interesting situation. I wouldn't be shocked if they let him play the contract out. But, you know, it, it would make sense to get something for him while you can. All right, let's uh, let's round it back to the draft. We're going to get into the Lyle Collins situation in just a sec, but before we do, Ben, I just want to see a lot of you hear all these UFDA guys come in, the, the undrafted guys. You hear that the Eagles go out quickly, and they, they clearly had guys on their mind. They signed them immediately. They had 15 guys signed within, what, an hour, two hours after the draft. Do any of these guys stand at it? If you had to pick one or two of these guys you think have the best chance to make this roster, who are
2: they?
1: Um, the the signing I was the mo- most excited about was Devonte Davis out of Nevada, and he was actually someone I had a second round grade on uh, going into the draft, and he didn't really test that well, um, which could have caused some teams to worry about it. Like, his athleticism, and obviously he was playing at a lower level of school, but when you watch him on tape, something that really, really stands out about him is his ability to dominate the catch point, and when I say dominate the catch point, I was comparing him to Alshon Jeffrey before the draft, that's the kind of player he can be um, and it's cool because, yeah exactly, because the Eagles don't really have a player like that, I mean Jordan Matthews is, is more that that big slot receiver type, and then Nelson Aguilar is the guy who who's going to be that down-the-field threat, um, among other things. But the, the team doesn't really have a receiver who can dominate in the red zone uh, or, or in those, like, contested situations. So I really think that the Davis is a great shot uh, in camp to take the number four receiving spot, maybe even the number three. Um, wow. I don't see Riley Cooper giving him a lot of trouble, and then we're going to see what happens with Josh Huff, but Davis is a tremendously, tremendously talented receiver, and, and I think that dynamically he brings something new to the group, and I think Chip is really going to love that because it, it kind of encapsulates that big people beat, beat up little people uh, mentality because he's 6'3 and 230 pounds. I mean, he is a big, big dude. I'm really, I was really excited really, really about that signing. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead
3: and just disagree with Ben as, just on the Davis point. I think he does have his his ability for the contested catches is awesome. It's amazing, but I I don't think he can even sniff a, a wide receiver three spot here. And, yeah, and that's, I agree. And I don't I don't I don't even think that there's and maybe he's there for certain you know uh, yeah, goal line packages or anything else like that. That's kind of near uh, you know the middle of the season or anything like that. I think they still hold on to him. I think he's a practice squad candidate because he's still, he's still got a ways to go. Um, and I, I kind of feel that way about, uh, you know, uh, Evans and uh, the dude from uh, Boston College, whose, whose names I kind of forget. Mahalik. <laughs> Mahalik, who I already uh, forgot about that. But I, I agree with everything else that he said. I think he's, I think he could be great. I just think he's got a long way to go. I know he doesn't get separation, but, he, can, he you know, it, 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 I think it's tough for wide receivers to develop NFL separation as opposed to even if you can't even do it in college that well. So uh, although he's got those skills, I I don't really see him being number three, but I'll be be kissing Ben's forehead if that actually comes true. Not to mention the fact that Riley Cooper and Miles Austin are, are in front of him. They, you know, Miles Austin, whatever, Riley Cooper is still $5 million. I don't think he's going anywhere. As much as we want to bury him in the depth chart, he's probably still going to be hanging around.
1: Well, a man can dream.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, I mean, the Cooper thing, you know, as much as it's it's a platitude and all that, he does block well, and, you know, that's something that's going to be important in a run-based offense. So, all right, let's – the last draft point I want to hit on before we look at some Super Bowl odds real quick – The Lyle Collins situation, obviously, uh, you know, this kid was a a potential first half of the first round, but definitely a first-round talent. Obviously, just a terrible, terrible situation with uh, his former girlfriend pregnant, uh, being murdered. We have heard that he is not a suspect in the the murder, but... We don't know anything past that. And he is in Louisiana dealing with it right now. And, you know, literally, look, every team took him off their draft board. He did not get drafted a first-round talent, so there's enough uncertainty around this situation for teams not to even take a sixth, seventh-round flyer on the guy. But if he's cleared 100%, he could offer a gigantic, gigantic return. And according to Jason Cole of Bleacher Report, the Eagles are one of seven teams to be involved. Uh, personally, I, I just don't see how this happens. It just see, it would seem like such a shock. But BLG, what, what do you see here? Do you think there's any chance Eagles bring Collins in?
4: Well, they definitely showed some interest in him prior to the draft. They they brought him in for a pre-draft visit in Philadelphia. They also worked him out privately, so they they do have some information on him. And Chip Kelly attended uh, LSU's pro day in person, so you know I'm sure they've done their homework on him. Uh, that's always good to know. I really don't see it happening i uh, I know Benny Logan apparently is seemingly trying to recruit him. I couldn't <laughs> tell if that tweet like meant he's definitely t- i I couldn't tell what Benny was actually trying to say hundred percent in that tweet, but it does sound like it, there could be some some kind of interest there from the Eagles and there should be because uh you know they need offensive line help definitely, and I think Collins you know they could slide him in at guard. I think you know it's a pretty solid addition for them, I think. One thing the Eagles have done this offseason is shown interest in a certain type of offensive lineman, and that's more of a, a mauler, kind of a power blocker kind of guy. Because uh, you know, you've seen it with Collins, they were interested in that Terry Poole guy, uh, a couple other names You know, that have popped up this offseason. So I definitely think he kind of makes sense and he fits. I just don't realistically yeah. expect it to happen. I know he's not a suspect or anything. I just don't know if Jim kind of even wants to be involved. But maybe maybe that changes. I don't know. That could totally change if he's cleared and everything works out. It's definitely a weird situation. It's such a – there's no precedent for something like this. You know, a guy goes uh, – supposed to be a first-round pick, and then he's undrafted, and he has the chance to sign with any team. And then unlike real free agency, where money is a huge factor and pretty much the only factor, he's he can only sign for so much. So – uh, it'll be interesting to see. The only last thing I want to say about it is he did once say that Jason Peters is the player who he patterns his game after. So hey now. maybe, maybe he'll, Collins would have interest in playing with uh, Peters and learning some things from him.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. interesting too, BLG, and I, I apologize to cut you off there, but I, I just looking at this thing from the outside and just as an NFL fan alone, uh, and and again, we don't know the whole story in between. What exactly him and his agent are discussing and all this stuff. But whatever happened, that's a, one of the biggest botched jobs I've ever seen in my life. And I, I, I don't know what he's even doing hanging around with the rep- representation that he has now. They've handled this so poorly. If it comes out that he was always cleared and this thing crushed his entire draft stock and costed him this amount of money, whatever they did to, like, you know, <laughs> to control this thing was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. The only upside for him is now, like after three years, he can go get uh, that bigger contract. But I'm, I'm with everybody else here. I, I don't realistically see him, the Eagles being able to get him. But uh, man, oh man, what a guy to control for three years on, on such a low salary.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And, and that Benny Logan tweet that, that BLG referred to. The, the tweet was when he, someone asked him if, if he was going to be recruiting Lyle Collins. And he said, thought of the day, everything I do don't need to be publicized. Just know his name is alive and loud in Philly. So with an exclamation point, making it seem like, you know, there's potential there. Who knows? Obviously, it's not like Benny Logan is completely privy to everything going on. But, uh, uh, Matt, I mean, just from a, a depth, uh, you know, situation, are, how worried are you about the O-line? Are you, you know, I mean, they still, you know, seriously, I mean, I know Jimmy Kemsky's worried, but... They have four potential Pro Bowl players on that line still, uh, you know. Is it still a is it a disaster in your mind? No. <laughs> it's a strong answer. That is, that is the best answer no, that
4: we have had all night. I'll add on to that answer. I think the thing yeah, with take, the Yeah, take it away, Brandon. Yeah, the thing with the offensive line, here's the thing. And, you, you know, everyone here respects Jimmy, and we love Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy's great. This isn't personal against Jimmy, but I just – I don't totally agree with everything he has to say in that in in the that they're screwed at the offensive line. Is it a major concern? Absolutely. You know, there's there's a lot of fair points there. I just don't know we can like definitively say at this point in May when there's still time for players to be traded. You know, they could they could trade for a guy. I mean, they could sign Collins, which would obviously make a huge difference. I mean, like it's just there's so much time left and. Call me crazy, but we we already kind of touched on Matt Tobin. But that was a guy who, for what it's worth, had like the highest PFF blocking grades in the preseason in the last two years. He looked awesome before he struggled last year, but that was because he, he had that high ankle injury, which I thought was going to end his season. To me, it was amazing that he even came back and was able to play on that. Uh, so I, I know the team was high on him going into last year. Maybe you don't want to count on him. Okay, but I think he's still a piece there. Gardner... You know, I think he's just a backup. I don't really feel anything about him. Mulk, kind of a decent enough backup at center. I know Matt likes him, but really doesn't. He can't play guard. So there are definitely concerns there. But is it the end of the world? I mean, I really don't think so. And and you just have to see how it plays out. I mean, if if Jimmy is right, then okay. He looks like a genius because he was saying it all along. <laughs> but But if he's wrong, I mean, we're all going to rip him here. Mark yeah, stone, well, Jimmy.
3: well, and the t- and the t- just to touch on that too is just like I don't I don't know how you can expect three of your starting offensive linemen to go down again. Uh, one of them, yeah, no, yeah, fine, I agree. fine. like that, and that's fine. And look, it, as long as none of them are season-ending, those guys that you just mentioned can play in those stretches. They can play okay to good for three to four games, five games, whatever, whatever it is. And I agree with you on Tobin. I obviously I'm like waving his, his flag. I think he's great, and I don't expect. Like even if you had Collins come in here, he replaces Barbrae, Okay, great. Now what? I mean, like, is, is your is your offensive? Yeah, your offensive line is much better. Is your depth much better? No, that's right. You know, I, obviously, anybody would take the upgrade there. And guys, they signed three guards, didn't they and and and, and if you're looking, for, yeah, yeah. And if you're if you're looking <laughs> for uh, you know depth there, I, I think one of those three would make it. So I I don't I don't know. I, I just think that when it comes time and you saw it with the secondary of like, okay, we need to scrap this and redo it. There's no way. I mean, they're getting older, but I don't think you need to like draft go draft heavy on offensive linemen to replace all these guys here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I look, the potentials there for it still to be a great line this season. They they can always invest resources next season. I think it, it, I agree. I think a little bit too much is being made of it. Uh, all right, guys. Before we we get out of here, let's take a look at the the Super Bowl odds have changed a little bit. The Eagles' odds actually increased a little bit after the draft; got better, as it were. According to Bovada, the Eagles are eighteen to one to win the Super Bowl. The only three NFC teams with better odds are the Seahawks at eleven to two, the Packers at seven to one, and Dallas at ten to one, which <laughs> seems insane to me. I think if, I wish I could just bet against that at, at you know one to ten. I mean, that's insane. But let's just go around the horn, BLG. What do you think of those odds? Do you think they're fair? And you know, would you be willing to put down a few shekels on it?
4: You know, I would not. Not at all. I just, and that's not because I'm necessarily down on the team. I just, I have no idea what to make of this team. Uh, There's just so many changes. I mean, you you change the quarterback, you change the running back, uh, secondary. You know, there's just so many. Like, there's there's no, still no safety. Like, we don't know who's starting next to Malcolm Jenkins. There's so many question marks. And I don't necessarily uh, – I'm not necessarily, necessarily saying they're going to be bad. I just don't know how they're going to be. And I think that, that would that's what alone would prevent me from betting anything on them.
3: Johnny, thoughts? Sucker bet. <laughs> that's all. I mean, like, I just – I, I – look – I, I love this team, and I think they could do a lot of good things. And I, I, I think there's just too many variables right now to even even proclaim, you know, that they could win a, win a Super Bowl. I mean, they, nobody's won a Super Bowl here in God knows how long. So, oh, you're I, the one I, who said they could go to the NFC. Forever? Yeah, but that is a humongous if. That's a humongous if. I, I'm just saying, like, if Bradford somehow stays healthy for every single game and then also every single playoff game, there could be a there could be a potential they could be very dangerous and that's why I love that that's more of a test to Sam Bradford's talent, not his durability. So uh, I I still think that's a huge gamble. I still like what they're gonna do. I mean these guys are gonna run the hell out of the ball. Um, so uh, uh, there's yeah and again just like I, I love what they did in the secondary, but that's gonna take some time to gel. You know and you can't just rip apart two starters, as bad as they were, and expect it to be uh you know a golden goose now and they're going to go from like 32 to 15 or 10 or whatever but, but, again i hope i'm wrong with all that stuff but right now 18-1 hey it's not a bad bet if you want to waste 20 bucks same with the cowboys if you want to waste 20 bucks there, like you know go for it but I, I i just don't uh i don't expect them to be in the dance this year but it'll be a major improvement uh it might not be in win total but it'll be a major improvement from where they were last year
0: Besides, John doesn't have any money left anyway because he spent it on Iowa to win the Super Bowl. I don't know how he thinks it's possible, but he's already one put day, that bet one down. Day. <laughs> All right, Matt, what do you think? What do you think of the odds and, you know, kind of how do you feel heading into the season right now? I mean, far away uh, from the season, but post-draft.
2: I think, I think. well, first part, I think fourth in the NFC. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, I think that, yeah, I mean, if you ask me who is better, I don't know. It might be like Dallas, not Dallas because Dallas sucks. But, you know, the other two, I think that's a slam dunk. I can't really think of anybody in the NFC in who I think is, you know, is is much better than us running away. I mean, San Francisco is a shadow of their former selves, and, uh, you know, uh, NFC South is all terrible. You know, the Saints certainly aren't doing anything. Uh, I think that those odds are very fair. As for the shekels question... I don't have a lot of shekels, James. I don't really have two shekels to rub together. I'm with you, brother. I'm I'm a grad grad student. I work hard for my shekels, and I I need all those shekels I can get. So the shekels, they're staying with me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm certainly not betting any money on this team to win the Super Bowl. I'll obviously be ecstatic if it happens. But it it just, to echo what John said, I just don't think they're quite that good. Ben, what do you think? Uh, You know, 18-1, to fourth in the NFC, does that sound right to you?
1: As much as I like this team and as much as uh, I I think that we're going to be a a very good team and a much better team than we were last year, I I just can't see that happening because you're betting on Bradford's health and you're also kind of depending on that immediate um, gelling in the secondary. And the issue is, I think the secondary in the long run is going to be a lot better. Even by mid-season, it's going to be a lot better than it was last year. But you have Potentially three new starters uh, in the secondary, and you have a new defensive backs coach. So there's going to be a, it's a huge changeover from where they were at last year, uh, and I and I think there's way too much changeover to, for the team to be uh, immediately good. And then you're betting way too much on Sam Bradford's health for this to be a, a a Super Bowl team. Now, in a perfect world where Sam Bradford stays healthy every single game, I think this team. Can be very dangerous. And I think they're going to run the hell out of the ball, play efficiently in the passing game, uh, and be very, very f- physical on defense. And, and this is a definitely a team to be excited about, but I'm not, I don't have $20 to, to, to make reckless bets with. So. <laughs>
0: yeah i i agree and i think that's what it comes down to i think that you know and, and i think blg said it a little bit ago but it's really i mean who the hell knows what to expect with this team i mean it's a completely different team than what we saw last year so we have no idea how the pieces are going to fit together i think we all to at least to some degree believe in chip and thus are willing to give it a chance and to to believe in it but i, I certainly think they're they're at least a year or two away blg final thoughts my friend
4: Final thoughts have nothing to do with the Eagles. This is a, uh, a note, I would say, to definitely check out spikeeskin.com because the Sixers draft lottery party is going to be at Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, Granton the Boulevard, Greater Northeast, on May 19th. Uh, I think it's starting around 6 or so. Uh, So, yeah, if you're listening to this, and even if you don't like the Sixers, definitely come out to that. It's a lot of fun. I think most of us, or at least some of us, I'm going to be there. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to be there. Hopefully you guys will be there. Should be a good time.
0: Yeah, I'll be there as well. Uh, Obviously, uh, BLG, John, we had a lot of fun last year for the draft party, so uh, we'll have to bring that back again. Hopefully this year we can actually get the number one pick. Johnny, final thoughts?
3: Screaming no at a television for hours (laughs) for hours and hours and hours. (laughs) was so much fun last year. It's such a good time. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it down this year, but uh, Spike and everybody from Liberty Ballers is very awesome. And if, if BLG and James aren't enough to get you to go down there, I don't know what it is. But uh, final thoughts just for me is you got to look at this, and I, this is how I'm starting to look at it now. It's kind of shaving. This is Chip Kelly year one all over again. Roseman's out. Roseman's gone. Their guys are gone. He's molding it and how he's going to do it. Um, I have I have a uh, uh, great confidence that he's going to be able to do that uh, moving forward here, and it, he's already shown that he's not the crazy GM that a lot of people may have thought he was. So uh, I, I would just be prepared for you, you might have to go through the scenario again with whatever hot QBs in the draft next year, and that's a distinct possibility. Um, but other than that, I I think this is going to be uh, a lot of fun to watch these guys grow here, and um, man. If, if Davis grows into what uh, Mr. Ben Natan says, this is going to be a pretty fun season.
2: All right, Matt, final thoughts. Uh, yeah, I will be having my own draft lottery party in the parking lot across <laughs> the street from the White <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings uh, in the greater northeast. So I hope you'll come on by. It also starts around 6 or 6.30. Um, bring beer. Bring food. It's, we're going to have a great time. Um, my final thoughts, we have a UDFA named Cole Manhart, and I don't think anybody's talking about it, <laughs> but for my money, that's the coolest fucking name I've ever heard. The dude's name is Cole Manhart. Like, this guy is, like, made of rocks and Manharts. Like, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty pumped about that. So you, we- you Manhart Manhart? I do. I Manhart
3: Manhart. <laughs> carrying an axe and riding a damn horse. Cold yeah, Manhart.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <That's right. laughs> Cold huh? man He's an old beard. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun till he gets cut like three weeks into pre oh, oh, season. Oh <laughs> man, mark
3: this down so I can like yeah, preview that that's September first. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Favorite that uh, that voice tweet right there. All <laughs> right, and uh, I will uh, I will give the final word to our newest member of the BGN family. Ben Nutan Give us your final thoughts.
3: Oh, no. Oh, Natan. What is it, Ben for the people? Natan. Natan! What is it?
1: I guess it's my Natan.
0: Final, It's uh, Natan.
1: Yeah. My final thoughts are that everyone thought that chip Kelly was this crazy GM who was going to trade away the entire team to get one player. I think most of us kind of thought that might happen. Um, and he came away from the draft looking very calculated and he came away with, from the draft with two day one starters, uh and, and really good ones and i and i'm really i mean after watching these guys uh in depth for the past couple of days i'm really really excited about the season i think everyone should be because this team's gonna be really really fun so that's my that's my hot take
0: yeah not, and i think, not I that think hot. <laughs> no it's good though it's a good point to the fact that and we didn't really get into it but he did trade a, a fourth this year for a third next year and that's a very shrewd move for a young GM to make it. And those trades always seem to work out well for the people acquiring the, the pick the following year. So, guys, exciting stuff. Uh, really, really appreciate everyone being on here. And it's sad to say, guys, that we're not going to be saying Mariota for a while. After, after podcast after podcast, this was the last one. So good riddance to that. Uh, unless, of course, he bombs in Tennessee and chip trades for him in three years. You never know, guys, right? So, Deion uh, Jordan all over again, There baby. it is. There it is. All right. So that'll do it for episode 97 of BGN Radio for Brandon Lee Gowton, John Barchard, Matt Daring, and of course, Ben Natan. <laughs> we thank you for listening to BGN Radio on LibertyBroadcast.co, fueled by Duncan Philly.
4: Same breath. Thanks,
3: guys.